Hello Formula One fans and welcome back to F1 in focus. We are the only Formula One podcast where a Dutchie and an Englishman can very much get along in the wonderful world of Formula One. My name is John, I'll be your host today, and of course, we'll talk about the Spain Grand Prix and our predictions, or we look a little bit forward to Canada. Of course, we'll do a blind lap around the track with none other than the man with the best hair in the business. He's smiling and is so looking forward to this assignment. It's none other than James Hazel. How are you doing? I'm quite all right, mate. Good. Uh, Championship decided, <laughs> done and dusted. Let's go. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's basically finished. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, well, I was about to say I'm not looking forward to doing the blind lap thing. I kind of am because I like I like Canada. I think it's a great track. So yeah, we'll talk about that in a moment, though. Yeah, Spain Grand Prix. We would we is done and dusted. We uh, predicted Red Bull flying there. Yeah. Um, well, one Red Bull was definitely flying. Was definitely flying. Yeah. Um, she, I. I Let's just get that over with. Although I'm a fan, I feel like he's shown that, well, we said this before, actually, once the European circuits hits, they, he might just run away from Perez. I think it's done, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, there's just... The, the only other person that I think can compete against Max is somebody else in a Red Bull. And unfortunately, the, the other person in a Red Bull is... Sergio Perez, and he's not on Max's level. So it could be over in, what, like eight races, 10 races, 12 races. It, either way, Max has won the World Championship this year. I don't think there is any doubt of that about that. It's just when, um, and it depends, you know. Perez sometimes goes on these like little runs where he does pretty well and gets like a few results in the back and starts leaving himself though <laughs> yeah so you know maybe maybe Perez will win a couple of races the problem for Perez is that when he wins a race Max always finishes second but when <laughs> Max wins a race Perez doesn't always finish second um, he's had multiple results already this season Um that you just can't afford to have in a championship battle. Um, so I think we all kind of knew that Perez was not really going to fight for the championship anyway. It would have been it would have been nice if he could have put, put up a little bit of a fight. I mean, even like thinking back to like the Hamilton years, like Bottas. No, I don't think anyone really thought Bottas could beat Hamilton across a season. But he at least kept it interesting, and Perez isn't even doing that for us this season, unfortunately. So, yeah, it is what it is. I have it to is, not, yeah. uh, I do think it's not only the car though, because although the car is great, terrific, even uh, Max did show everyone. Oh like, yeah, it was like it was really pleasing, right? FP one, FP two, FP three, Grand Slam, pole position. Well, with a big gap as well, not even finishing his last lap. Uh, well, his last lap was actually going to be slower. The first okay. sector, first sector was down. I thought second sector was like one second sector below. was good, but the first 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 sector was down. But then everyone else crossed the line, and he was still in pole, so there was no need to finish the lap. Yeah. So, um, and 
getting a fastest lap while actually being told not to do it and just easy fastest lap as well. So yeah, yeah not very promising for the rest. Oh, it is promising for Max. Um, he sounded a little bit bored maybe even, I think. Um, yeah. And also a little bit confused at times about the track limits then. He's <laughs> like, where? Ah, <laughs> turn five though. I mean, when you look at turn five, there's like nothing to be gained. If you go over the side, it's actually slower. And I, is, I, watched, but... I watched back those moments and it, you have to turn on slow motion to actually be able to turn to look at that. Meanwhile, Russell can just cut a corner and nobody cares. So I was a little bit of a... Yeah, ah. but the, th- the the thing with the track limits is that they've de- decided after, like, was it last year or maybe even the year before, like, you've got to be within the white lines because the, it used to be confusing, like, even like three or four years ago, like some corners they'd say, yeah, you're okay on that. And then other times they'd say, no, you're not there. Like Monza's a prime example. Like that final chicane before you get down to Parabolica, they used to just say, yeah, you're fine to go wide there. He's like, well, why are you allowed to go wide there, but then not wide somewhere else? So I understand why they've done it. No, I think and it's, then, and then, it's fair, right? Yeah. And then the Russell one, he, he, he did just follow what they determined to be like the safety route or whatever, you know, the, if you miss yeah, the car. Yeah, but if you do that in that turn one, that wasn't, uh, that wasn't because of safety reasons or that he missed the corner. He just, when you look at the replay, he definitely, that wasn't yeah, but a station three, existed, right? Maybe, but there's three of them going into a corner that were never going to fit. Somebody had to bail out. So I don't, I don't think Russell did anything wrong in the first corner. He made a lot of his time up and speed up on the <laughs> off the start. Um, well, stayed out of trouble there, which made good for it. So hmm. I don't feel that. Oh well, let's agree on disagree maybe on that fact because I do think it was smart of him. But when Alonso did it, he got a penalty last year. When he did, when Russell did it, he didn't get a penalty. And when Tsunoda sort of like driving hard touch someone he gets a penalty for it. I felt a bit harsh yeah I, well I didn't think Sonoda deserved a penalty really I mean he had pretty hard luck on the steering um, but um, who was it who he'd run off the road it was, it was uh, Joe Van Hill, wasn't it yeah. and he it, technically he was in front going like into the corner so he, that's true although you can't really see it in that particular no. corner when you're in the seat you can't you have to Absolutely. look forward and you can't look to the side right you have to look yeah. at where you're going and you can't look it's not like you're driving 20 kilometers an hour and you can look yeah, past yeah. where you're going so i found I that agree. one a bit harsh as well I, I, I agree i think it was harsh but i can also see that you know letter of the law i, I mean they, they maybe could have given him a bit of leeway on it but he, uh, he was entitled to space, so yeah, that, that was that that was really harsh because Yuki was having a great race up until that point. Definitely, okay. Let's fact, he still had a great race. It just ruined his result. That's all. Again, <laughs> second race in a row. Yeah, right? should have yeah. got points in, uh, in Monaco and should have got points to that. Meanwhile, yeah. the competition with the Vries is still on because still two point difference. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Which isn't actually the a fair if you look at how they perform. Although it's the Vries nice, has been not. just performing pretty decently the last two races. So um all right. I don't think he did 
I don't think he did great in Spain. It was a bit disappointing, I thought. Um, hopefully they continue to let him, you know, keep the seat and just keep going. See what happens in Canada next. Definitely. Um, we have talked about Mox. We have to talk about this. I think Mox was a masterclass. I think we can both agree, but we'll see more of that this year. He said it was one of his best races, I think. Yep. Um, that's the thing with Mox currently. Like He's also not making any mistakes or it's just seen reasons. So I think that we all agree there. Um, James, should we talk about Paris or should we just skip it and go into the Ferrari disaster class? We can quickly cover Perez. I think what he a qualification had, he had. Yeah. Not great. I'm I'm I missed uh Q one, unfortunately, where a lot of the drama seemed to be happening. <laughs> um yeah. I, I don't understand how he didn't make it through Q two. Russell I do get because if you looked at his which lap was it? Oh, he I ran think, into Hamilton. So, <laughs> both, well, both of his both of his hot laps, he also caught a bit of the uh, damp patch that was still left at the um, kind of like around the back of the circuit, like at the end of the back straight. And I can't, I, I don't know the turn numbers, but mm. just sort of around the back of there after, after the after the the back straight. Um, well, at one point, he had a he had a really big. Um, I oversteer through there. Yeah. So, yeah, Perez, I don't understand how he didn't get through. And then his race really wasn't good enough when you look at what that Red Bull could do in Max's hands. There was not really any excuse for Perez to be, at the very least, finishing behind Russell, who he started ahead of. I should um, just get second, right? That's a special yeah. mistake. Sorry. It, it should have been, been second. Worst case, third. I, I just, I don't, he shouldn't have finished behind Russell. Uh, not when you compare the overall speed of the Red Bull to the Mercedes, which obviously was quicker this weekend, but still not as quick as a Red Bull. Well, not 35 seconds slower. <laughs> no. <laughs> that must be something, finishing 35 seconds behind your teammate who wins with a 24-second gap, though. So, yeah. Well. Must be painful. Talking about, well, not painful. Well, let's start. You you decide. Do you want to start or go further with a positive statement or with a negative statement? Uh, let's get the negative out of the way first. All right. Ferrari's going to make fourth or even fifth in this year's championship. What um, a disaster class they've been showing lately. Yeah. I think that, I think, I think fourth is probably quite easily doable for them fifth fifth would would be an absolute disaster though well ford would be an absolute disaster as well honestly well, for, fourth really for ferrari is not not good enough either no but yeah they are fourth uh, already and just it's 60 points above alpine yeah it sounds a lot but it's just seven races in so that's actually not too bad for alpine if you look at their last two races compared to ferrari yeah. They might creep closer to them. Yeah, I th I think I'd be very surprised if Alpine beats them in the across the season. Um, I realize that Alpine gets fourth this year, so yeah, 
I wouldn't be surprised though if they don't catch up with Aston Martin or Mercedes and they stay in fourth position. Uh, just based on how this season's sort of panning out for them at the moment. Um, it's mm. just the same old story from last season that we keep talking about in previous episodes of this podcast as well, that they've got one lap pace. They've proved it again with science on second, second place on the grid in qualifying. But then race pace, just for whatever reason, they just don't have it. Um, Leclerc was unlucky with qualification, of course, technical issues. Yeah, but nevertheless. But even after that, he had you know he had he had some sort of setup issue that was causing him all sorts of problems in qualifying and was basically calling the car undrivable. Uh, they broke Park Fermi, meaning they had to start from the pit lane to try and make some changes and fix the car, and he still didn't really have a standout race particularly. Um, so yeah, it's just a weekend to forget for Ferrari for the most part. I mean, Sainz scored some reasonable points, but he probably would have been hoping for more. Um, some of this might also be down to the Mercedes upgrades that have definitely seemed to have moved them up a grid, oh, oh, up the up the grid a little bit as performance wise, but. Ferrari will still be disappointed because they brought their own upgrades, didn't they? And they've yeah. everyone brought upgrades. Well, yeah. even Red Bull did. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the only one I thought. Yeah, yeah, but Ferrari's I, was a, a fairly well significant change to their side pods. Yeah. yeah, the dark fins are gone on it on the top, and now flat. So, it was a major change, but didn't show anything. Like top speeds, no. not there. Stability, not there. A lot of oversteer in all the cars. It was pretty, um, I found, I felt a little bit bad, James, because Spain usually is a track, we said this before as well, where it really shows the potential of a car or the big failings in a car, right? Because it's yeah. like the perfect test track, honestly. Yeah, it's got a bit of everything, yeah. Uh, it doesn't have like slow corners anymore. We'll talk about it in a no. moment, but like, um, there's, there's that, and the Ferrari not doing anything in this situation makes me wary for what's coming. I don't want to. I, I wouldn't want to be Ferrari and looking forward to a Spa. Honestly, that might be really painful. Yeah, or in Austria where your tires just burn away on the when it's really hot. So, Sandfar as well probably not going to be good for the main. No, so they might have a couple of issues though. In fact, there's a lot of tracks that are not going to be good for them. I was just thinking Silverstone as well. <laughs> it's like yeah, everything they have to lean heavily on one tire, you're done, right? Yeah. So. If we start thinking about all the circuits, it's probably like more than fifty percent of the remaining circuits probably don't seem all that great for Ferrari based on what we're seeing at the moment. Oh, which are horrific. Oh boy. So Ferrari fourth or fifth, but we don't see them getting much higher after this weekend. A little bit of an uptake about the circuit. So I think this is a, maybe a weird statement. I think the new track layout was actually great. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I was hoping it would be. But I think we were both reasonably positive about it when we were talking about it last week. Uh, the only thing we were a little bit... overtakes. 
Yeah, the only thing that was a little bit concerning was that obviously the regulation changes have been making following a little bit more difficult even compared to last year after the technical directive. So, yeah, a pleasant surprise. Worked very well. Good overtakes, good racing. Cars could follow pretty well. Um, all in all, good change, and they should definitely keep it, yeah. Yeah. Well, that was a quick discussion. I saw a lot of people finding this race boring. I mean, still same old story. I think the, reason, the end results on the top was boring, maybe. Yeah, Although I think actually, that's the just the number one. But hmm. the yeah, racing I, itself, we saw some great racing. There's some great racing. I think. I think the problem is more. It's not just the result; it's the season in general. Is it's, it's just the fact that the championships locked in, and we we already know, and we we have known probably for a few races already now that. Max is going to just cruise. Perez is going to do enough to help Red Bull secure first in the championship. In fact, Perez probably doesn't need to. No, I was the thinking. Is, Max is winning the championship for Red Bull by himself. If you remove Perez's points, Red Bull still leads the Constructors' Championship, I believe. So, you know, that's done and dusted, but that's what the casual fan tunes in to see. So I can understand why some people are saying it's boring. I guess it depends what you're watching for. Um, but yeah, uh, if you know, look further down the field, there was some good passes. There was some good racing. Uh, there was some surprise and solid results for drivers that we probably weren't expecting. It was, it was a decent race. Yeah. Oh, definitely decent qualification. Uh, really good race in my opinion as well. So uh, let's go keep adding. I am uh, quite enjoying this, honestly. So, James. Yeah. Statement. Positive statement. Mercedes is back. <laughs> well, define back. <laughs> okay, because they won't win a race not, this year. I'm going to say that, though. Yeah, they're not, they're not competing for wins. They're not where they want to be, but they're, they're they definitely looked better than they have done for the majority of last season and for the start of this season. Um, Hamilton in particular had a great race. I mean, Russell had a good race as well, but um, I just feel like Hamilton, that was like classic Hamilton. Uh, he just wrote, he just drove a very clean, solid race, maximized his results, got some overtaking done. Um didn't really seem to have any dramas, just just a, a very typical Hamilton race, really. Um, and Russell as well. Obviously, he had his problems in qualifying, but he had a great recovery drive to finish on the podium uh, and effectively steal a place from Perez in doing that because I think... And that's for a swap this year, this very week. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think he was ever really quite close enough because Lewis just seemed to be managing that gap. Once he once he got past Science, he just seemed to be managing the gap to whoever was behind him, whether it was Science or whether it was Russell. Uh, yeah, just just great for Mercedes. It's good to see them improving. The only the only thing I would say about this this, this statement, yeah, <laughs> that Mercedes is back. Our commentators over here, um, 
Martin Brundle. Uh, I'm trying to remember what he said. I can't remember exactly how he worded it, but he, he basically sort of said like, oh, Red Bull have got Mercedes in the mirrors now. And as he said that, you could look at the, si- the side of the screen and the timings and Hamilton was like 12 seconds behind. It shows <laughs> it's the- like, he's not really in his mirrors, even on the straight, he's not in the mirrors. <laughs> it's just a statistic, Lewis Hamilton chasing for the race win. It's yeah. Uh, the- yeah, chasing yeah. for the race win. I was like, uh no. <laughs> no no i mean they are trying their damnedest to like make it seem like there's some sort of competition for first place when there there really isn't um but it's still interesting to see mercedes make changes and bring improvements and improve the car um I, if if this pans out which i'm not cautiously optimistic about because they did well last year at Spain as well. Yeah. But if it does pan out, this is probably one of the better instances in the last, well, this season and last season of a team developing during the season with these rules around budget cap and stuff. Yeah, definitely. Although fairly easy to copy the one that does best, right? Yeah. Well, yes, I know, I suppose. Because I don't I mean, know, it's I think... getting easier to copy, but it's harder to keep up with them, I guess. Because they're yeah. basically as fast as the Red Bull was last year now. Yeah, and copying, I don't think copying guarantees you to be as good as the team that you're copying because it depends on the philosophy of the car as well and stuff that you might maybe can't True. see. Although everybody's seen the flaws now, so <laughs> there isn't much left that's unseen, but. Yeah, you know I mean, like you could you could put you could slap the side pods on, but if you're not if you're not doing the the right stuff underneath the car or elsewhere on the car, the side pods might not actually work. So, true. Um, it's about the whole package, and I mean, Mercedes made two pretty significant changes with the side pods and the front suspension, uh, and so far seems to be a step forward. We'll see what happens in Canada. Definitely, we'll. Uh... We're paying close attention to that. Any other remarks you want to discuss about this race or want to look forward to Canada now? Um, probably just look forward to Canada. I, I was a little bit disappointed with Alonso. Um, Stroll didn't really <laughs> seem to maximize his car and result either, really, but... Other than that, I mean, yeah, Aston Martin didn't have a great showing. No, but I think if you have a bad weekend like they have, and you still make sixth and seventh, that's fine. Yeah, that's definitely fine. So they'll be back. I'm sure of that. Um, and that's what they said, like Alonso said, right? If this is our bad or worst weekend so far, I think there's no reason to actually complain. And I think that's definitely a bar, of course. Yeah, I think the only other thing that was a little bit telling in all of this was when Alonso's gaining on Stroll and then hops on the radio to say, tell Stroll not to worry. Uh, oh, he could have just... easily caught him, honestly, though. Exactly. Like, Alonso, it, I think this is probably goes back to, like, people talking about boring, is that Alonso's third in the championship. He's not really that far off Perez, or he wasn't going into this race. And he's not even looking at, thinking about that in a race like that it doesn't it just doesn't it's not alonso it's like alonso of old would be like 
he'd be passing his teammate and he'd be trying to get as far up the road as he can. Well, he's playing the long game here because... I guess so. Uh, I think he wants to stay in a team even when he's not a driver anymore, perhaps. I think the paycheck might be <laughs> decently as well. Yeah. Um, and one thing you want to do then is to make sure uh, you you don't get into, like you don't get into trouble with this te- particular teammate, right? Well, that's the problem as well. Stroll being the son of the owner of the yeah. team. So you want to stick it. And quite honestly, Fernando knows he might win a race when everything goes their way. Yeah. Right? And he has nothing to fear from him. But honestly, the second place in the championship, it's not there for him anyways. So third, probably even key. So I think, and this is a one point difference as well, right? So it's a little yeah. gesture to make and maybe get make good for it later on. Uh, yeah. I don't quite like the way Stroll treated it afterwards, though, saying, oh, ask uh, Fernando, ask Fernando. Uh, I just driven what I could. Ask Fernando why. I don't know why. Don't ask me that. That was a little bit annoying, honestly, uh, because because he didn't overtake him. I think there might actually be more pressure on Stroll now. <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah. It's... Uh, Oh, well, uh, the atmosphere in Aston Martin must be a delight to work in, though. I think it must be, yeah. <laughs> That's uh, well, they're all they're all very pally and they're all very positive at the moment, even after a probably a suboptimal result in Spain. Yeah, I mean it's not a disaster. You just after the Mercedes is the Red Bulls and one Ferrari on a bad weekend. Yeah. Yeah, I think they'd sign for that last year if they knew that was coming. So, yeah, absolutely. All right, let's dive into Canada. Um, before we talk, and James, are you ready? <laughs> I don't know how you want to do this because I could just have no. A you track just map close your screen. eyes. <laughs> okay. Close your eyes because we have this on video. So if you're checking us out, we are also on YouTube, of course, uh, and if you're on Spotify, you can see. Uh, just open it as well. You can see James sitting there. And I'll make sure in the edit we'll zoom in on you. So, okay. <laughs> so we can actually check. Well, I can promise you I don't have anything. All I've got is a hair tie in my hand that I've been fiddling with. And on my screen, I've got the Formula One webpage and obviously this. And it's perfectly fine. Just close your eyes. Okay. So James will close his eyes and James will take us on one lap over Canada and describe <laughs> what he finds when he drives on one lap around Canada. And uh, I'll I'll do the next one, but it is your favorite circuit, right? It's one of my favorites. Yeah, I love this one in the Formula One games. So yeah, uh, I hope you're not expecting me to know like what gear to be in for corners because I, I don't think I can remember that much. I haven't played a Formula One game in a few years now, other than briefly trying out your sim when I was over there a few weeks I'm a ago. little bit disappointed, but I'm oh well. Yeah, I mean, I could probably guess roughly. I think. I'm just realizing just, the next one is Austria, so I'll be doing that one blind with gears and everything in it. Okay. Because that's right. my favorite. So, <laughs> hey there, James. So we'll start. Yeah. We'll start on the straight. You close your eyes and you take it away. Okay. okay. So, on the straight, we've got a slight kink to the right into a S-bend to the left, which is probably like third gear. I think it's third gear. So you got like an S-bend. The second bend is more like a hairpin. Uh, up a hill with a slight kink to the right 
again before a chicane, which is probably third gear, second gear. I'm going to go second gear. Out of the chicane, again, bends to the right before you hit a wider chicane to the left right, which is probably third gear, maybe fourth. Um, out of that, you've got a, a reasonable straight that again kinks slightly to the right before another wide chicane similar to the last one but it's right left this time i think it's fourth gear coming out of that you go over a slight crest kinking to the left before the hairpin which is probably second gear out of that slightly to the slightly to the left and then right which you can probably just straight line, to be honest, down the main back straight, all the way up to top gear, into the final chicane with the Wall of Champions, which I think is third gear, and then across the line and finish. Impressive, was impressive. That, was that detailed enough? <laughs> yeah, I was expecting you that you would say, okay, we're going to the... Uh, the uh, a U-turn at the end, you stay on the left side, you touch a little bit of the curb, but you try to go full speed right away. You sacrifice the corner to go full speed. The uh, exit is back. <laughs> hey, that's what I want to try. Next I can't get into that sort of detail. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a race car driver. I play yeah. on, I play on games on the sim, your sim, but yeah. I was very impressed. I think you totally nailed it. My biggest concern is when I have to do this, my English might be my biggest letdown. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You'll be all right. <laughs> I'll do it in Dutch and we'll do translation. We'll do subtitles on the YouTube channel. Now I will do it in English. That's all right. Austria is going to be all right. Just a couple of corners though. So that's easy. <laughs> uh, so that uh, really impressed for the first time, James. Um, no, thanks. We're about to round up those, but what do you expect from Canada? Much different predictions for it? Uh, nothing too drastically different. I, I think I, I I would certainly hope that Mercedes get another solid result like this weekend that we've just had. Canada's, I suppose it's a slightly bumpier circuit with it being, well, sort of a street circuit. Um, but I, I feel like it's got, it's got this, it's got, it's got some similar, similar characteristics to, um, to Spain. Um, so I would probably guess Max winning, obviously, because he's just going to win. <laughs> um, Perez probably second. I would hope and expect second. Uh, maybe Hamilton third again. Uh, well, not again. He finished second this race, but on the on the podium again. Uh, certainly ahead of Aston Martin and Ferrari. That's my prediction. So I would have predicted, I had on my list last week to write down when Canada comes, I'm going to predict it's going to be raining. But I seen half of the country is actually on fire, fortunately. Uh, so one, uh, feel sorry and uh, thoughts with everyone that's there. And it was yeah. being influenced with that. But it's definitely not going to rain. Um, I definitely agree on every winner that's going to be there. I think uh, the Ferraris might end up high in qualifying because they would be one of those tracks which have, they could be doing it. I think Max will just carry on and, well, uh, go home early to watch more 
racing cars, drive around something, <laughs> um, or play a game of FIFA before the rest finishes. But yeah. oh, what I am also expecting is that Checo will pin it in the World Champion. Ooh, I mean, he might do. He's 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 certainly been pushing the last few races kind of unnecessarily at times. Uh, Paris he's just bound needs... to make like one big mistake and totally snap. It's it's uh, yeah. Perez, Perez is snowballing a little bit at the moment. I feel like he needs to go back into the mindset he was in last year or the year before, where it's just like, if I can't beat Max, just finish second instead of pushing to try and beat Max when I can't beat Max. That's that's what it feels like he's doing sometimes. Yeah. Um, and that that's why he's having these results that really he can't afford to be having if he wants to even entertain the idea of being a championship fight against Max Verstappen. So, yeah, I think there's a chance of it. If not that, then I'm trying to think how much gravel there is. I mean, maybe the, <laughs> the like this, that, that not second... Not as much chic- as in Spain. There were like whole no. bowlers in there. <laughs> yeah, but another, another common spot is, I don't know if it's turn three or technically turn four. I don't know the turn numbers very well. But after after the chicane, after the like chicane at the end of the start finish straight, mm-hmm. that's not really a proper chicane. It ends with a hairpin, and then you go down to the next chicane. There's often accidents there. Yeah, because they it's slow and they want to break late and go to the inside. Yeah, but you actually have to sacrifice that corner to get a good exit through the chicane. Yeah, and it's it's kind of blind over that crest into the braking zone. So I don't know. Maybe we'll see a mistake there. We've seen quite a few accidents there in the past. So. Feel like that's another hot spot for him to get something wrong if he's going to get it wrong, but we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully he has a positive result. But I'm definitely looking forward to that Canada, though. Yes, uh, I, want see, I want to see McLaren do well. I'm gutted for Norris, so we didn't cover that. But no, uh, well done, Norris. <laughs> oh, well, um. <laughs> uh, now we'll, we'll discuss Norris, I think, next time in more detail. Let's follow him this, this weekend. But I have to admit, nobody's talked about Piastri. I think we said it last week. Piastri is definitely showing his talent. And although yeah. it does, like, I think Norris had a great qualification and that car so he takes the max out of it. But last year, he wiped the floor with Daniel Ricciardo in the same car. Mm-hmm. Piastri is right behind every single time. And... Um, Thoroughly impressed by him. Yeah, he, he seemed to have like a slightly sketchy start to the the season, struggling pace wise. But he's probably just adapting to Formula One and the car. Uh, certainly, the last few races he's been doing very well. I'm uh, I'm going to applaud him, and I'm going to applaud you, our listeners, because if you're listening to this, give us a five star review on Apple Spotify, Apple Podcast, or Spotify. And if you have seen our YouTube channel, our link somewhere posted. Uh, give us a thumbs up. Give us a follow because that will really help us. And let us know what you what you want to see added or gone from the show because we appreciate the feedback. Um, of course, we enjoy doing this, but we also like to give out the best we can. So let us know what you think about that. And uh, maybe we get some foot, like F1 in focus blindfolds going for the next time teams goes <laughs> blindly around the track or we'll drive a lap on the on the sim and show that uh, let us know and we'll see what we can do um in chat you can follow live chat sometimes as well and record 
there's a definitely comment that says, uh, I would want new hosts. So hmm, that's what we're joking. <laughs> or um, I think on that note, I'm going to leave it though, James. See you next week, my friend. Yeah, see you next time. Bye-bye.